teams sit right on the baseline. The big fella from New Zealand. When we cut him off baseline, he started walking in there. Welcome on into the Baseline Podcast. Uh, we've got an emergency podcast today. Uh, I wasn't expecting to do NBA draft coverage, but um, after doing NBA draft preview a couple of weeks ago, decided to to plug another pod today, which, which is exciting. We've got Sean Paul from Making the Madness on today. Sean, thanks for joining us at late notice. How are you going today? I'm doing great. You know, the NBA draft is always fun seeing a bunch of these kids that had very successful collegiate careers and some of them that came from overseas, you know, getting to live out their dream and all that hard work they put in is always cool to see their reaction when they get picked. Yeah, me too, man. I I love that part of it. And it's, it's so cool to see these kids go out there and they're sort of talking about their stories and the, you know, the coach that's helped them since they were age 12 and, you know, talking about their mom or their dad and the stories are really wholesome and, um, it's, I think, a real testament to what the NBA is trying to build, that they try and do that storytelling. As we talked about before the pod, it's so important to give these kids the exposure. So I love the NBA draft. It's a, a great time of the year. Uh, it seems it's also great to have fans back in the building and feeling like basketball is getting back to some sort of a normality when we're having a draft and we're having March Madness and we're having the finals. It's, it's really, really exciting. We're going to rip right in. Um, there were some trades, so we're just going to cover off those as well. Detroit Pistons seems to have been a while for for Pistons, and I know some Pistons fans down in New Zealand. Uh, Cade Cunningham selected first. Tell us about that pick first up, man. Yeah, I think Cade's a fantastic player. His issues really were just he was a little too careless with the ball at times, tried to do too much. And one of the biggest knocks on him is that he doesn't blow past defenders. He doesn't have elite athleticism, but he does everything so well. He's a great defender. He's fundamentally sound. You don't you won't see him making many mistakes on the defensive end. You know, he can test shots well. He's a great passer, even though, again, he can get a little careless at times. He's a great shooter from deep. He has a good step back move that he creates a lot of space with against guys. He can't blow by him necessarily, but he's going to create space with a step back, very Luka Doncic-esque in that aspect. And I think he's just going to be a potential, you know, all-NBA guy, could be an MVP candidate. I am huge on Cade Cunningham. I think he's going to be potentially an all-star in a year or two. I just love the talent, the size, the shooting. He, he has everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting, man. And I, I think, I feel like he's a pretty strong consensus, number one, and and it's it's good to see in the draft. I mean, I know the lottery isn't can't be controlled by anyone, but it's always good to see teams that haven't had a lot of luck, or you know, they've maybe had a front front office that continued to muck things up. It's good to see that these guys have have got this pick. They've got someone to build around, and they and they have a bit of direction moving forward. I'm pre- I'm pretty excited for them. So at number two, um, the Rockets um, selected Jalen Green. I. The Rockets have gone quite quickly into that rebuild after um, moving on from James Harden, and I think the best way when you when you've, your star player's gone, you've got rid of him, is to rip right into your rebuild and say, "Here we go. Uh, we're going to look to bring in guys. You've got Christian Wood now, looking to bring in other guys who can rate, who can we can build around right away as young players." What did you think of this pick? Yeah, Jalen Green is the best offensive 
play a best scorer in the draft, in my opinion, ahead of Cam Thomas, who I guess we'll get into later. But I think that Jalen Green is just a phenomenal scorer, averaged 17 points per game in the G League Ignite program. And there was some like longtime NBA veterans on his team, like Jared Jack and Amir Johnson, some guys that have spent a lot of time in the NBA. And he's playing against a lot of guys that have played in the NBA. So for a guy his age, Uh, only 19 to be able to score 17 points per game, shoot 46% from the field, 37% from deep. That's a very impressive season for a guy his age, obviously opted not to go to college, but I think Jalen Green can shoot the ball. He can attack the rim. Great athlete. I think he is definitely the second best player in the draft. And I think Houston made a great pick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I I really love it for them. I think that's, that's important as we say that they, that they just look to go best player available. This, this rebuild is, Really, this is their first proper season, so I really like that pick first up. Uh, number three with the Cavs, Evan Mobley. Um, I am a big Jared Allen fan, so I'm, it's it's always interesting when uh, another big gets drafted. You know, in the top ten, teams aren't always so big so big on um, drafting big men in the in the top ten. But Mobley seems like a guy who you know he's a, a mobile dude that can play a bit of four and five, stretch the floor. He seems really skilled, and you know, he was juggling on his draft video. Uh, what do you think of this number three pick? Yeah, Mobley can run the floor like a guard. Like his ball handling ability in the open floor is really impressive for a guy his size. Didn't shoot the ball a ton at USC, but I think that's going to come a lot more during his NBA career. He just didn't have to. He was able to dominate in the mid range and dominate inside. He's an elite shot blocker, high level defender, won Pac-12 Player of the Year and Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. He just cleaned wow. up all the Pac-12 awards, so he was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's really exciting, and another team that's rebuilding and, and getting their guy. Um, from what I've seen at number four with the Raptors, not a mess. It, it wasn't a massive jump up for Scotty Barnes, but it seemed like uh, Jalen Suggs was going to be the guy at four. Uh, what do you take of of, of Rap- the Raptors taking Scotty Barnes at number four instead? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I would have went with Jalen Suggs, but Scotty Barnes is a very safe player. I think at worst, you're getting a Draymond Green type of guy, a guy with size that can run the offense. He can defend every position on the floor at a high level. His shooting's not there yet, and he only shot 60% from the foul line. So I don't know if his shooting's ever going to come around. And if it doesn't, he's going to be a longtime NBA player because of his defensive versatility and his ability to run an offense with his size and athleticism. But if his shooting comes around, he's a potential you know, multi-time all-star. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a great breakdown, man. And uh, the Raptors are probably doing a bit of a mini retool at the moment. You know, I'm not sure if Siakam's going to rebound much longer if they're going to bring back Lowry. Um, but what you're seeing is they're bringing in guys right away who can they can say, "Hey, look, we've got an older core, but we've also got younger guys," and they maximize the number four pick that they had. Talking on Jalen Suggs, um, if if he's best player available for the Magic, I like it. Um, but with a really guard heavy team that the magic has currently how how do you feel about that pick yeah for me at that point you know you can't pass on Jalen Suggs at five and that's really what it came down to he's a winner he played quarterback in high school which you know announcers say every single game he plays but (laughs) he hit that shot against UCLA in the final four not many guys have the ability to hit a shot like that he's just a special kind of talent he has that it factor he can pass the ball I don't know if he'll ever be like a 17, 18 point per game guy, but is he going to be like a 13, 14 point per game guy, five or six assists, and he's going to be a winning player? Absolutely. I think he's going to be a long time NBA starter. And I think on that Magic team, like you mentioned, they have a lot of guards with Markel Fultz and RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. You just couldn't pass up on Suggs in this scenario, though. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's a 
it's a nice pick there and the, the the magic are in a place where they just need to take as many hits as they can on on young guys and, and hope that they um, hope that one of them turns out at six this is a pick that I really loved um, Australian Josh Giddy obviously come from New Zealand uh, he's actually a guy who uh, the tournament that I work for Hoop Nation there was a tour at the start of 2020 where uh, we took a bunch of kids from New Zealand to Australia I didn't go on the tour personally but on that tour Josh Gard- Josh Giddy was was playing against our guys you know this is just at the start of 2020 Here's a guy who's worked really hard on his game at the NBA Academy in Australia uh, and now is being drafted by a great organisation. I feel like Josh Giddy has ma- a massive ceiling in terms of his amazing playmaking ability, great size and developing shooting. How do you like this pick? I think it's a good pick for sure. You probably know more about Giddy than I do just because you've probably seen him a ton. But when I've watched him in the you know little amounts of tape I've seen, like you said, big, big guy, you know, he can play on or off the ball. He can be a secondary playmaker or he could be the lead point guard. He's a good defender. His shooting just is the question. Yep, agreed, yeah. And I, I've seen that he's he's been working really hard on his shooting over the last little while. Uh, he's also put on, he's put on quite a bit of weight. You know, he's, his his body was always, was always pretty good in terms of being broad, you know, good shoulders. But working on his body and, and getting more trim, putting on more muscle means that I'd say he's he's ready to contribute to a NBA roster sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Next pick with the Warriors. Um, Warriors would were said to have been trying to make trades earlier, and and obviously we, we saw the Ben Simmons trade that got that got turned down. I don't know a lot about Jonathan Kaminga, but what what do you think of this pick? Yeah, again, another tremendous athlete, but he is a huge work in progress on the offensive end. He only shot 38% from the field in the G League Ignite program, really is a bad shooter. But again, athleticism, he has a high upside. He's just got a long ways to go. For the Warriors, it's a weird pick for me because I don't think he's going to be able to step in and be a instant contributor for a number of years. I think this is a guy you're looking at like year end of year two, year three, where he's going to start getting regular minutes. I don't see that happening this year or maybe even the next year. He's just such a work in progress on the offensive end. I don't see how he's going to contribute to this Warriors team with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson nearing the end of their careers. I feel like they would probably be best off to trade him for a guy that's going to step in right away, but I guess we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a really interesting one. I think the Warriors are, are in an interesting position where I feel like they know where they want to go, but eventually that team does need to start having some younger guys that can that can be part of the next great Warriors team. This that that core only has a few years left, so I like that pick. With the Magic, um, Franz Wagner, um, brother of Mo Wagner, who myself and it's funny, it seemed like the commentators, oh, sorry, the um, the presenters on ESPN didn't realize that his brother was actually on the Magic as well, so that was a bit of a laugh. What do you know about this guy at number eight to the Magic? Yeah, Wagner is a fantastic defender. That's really what his calling card is. You know, he's just really sound on that end of the floor. He should have won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in the most prestigious conference in college basketball. Daryl Morsell from Maryland ended up winning it. That was a bad selection in my eyes. But Wagner, you know, shot like 34% from deep. I think he's a much better shooter than that. He'll probably shoot close to 40 from deep in the NBA. And, you know, with the Magic, they have a ton of guards. So they add a guy that can play the three and the four and defend at a high level. Not going to be a superstar, but he's going to be a key piece uh, for a winning team. Yeah, agreed. That's that's a great breakdown on him, man. Uh, the Kings, the Sacramento Kings are, again, 
and we, we we've been talking about obviously a lot of rebuilding teams here in the in the in the the top ten. The Kings already seem to have two two of their guys there, and and De'Aaron Fox and, and Tyrese Halliburton, who was a real steal last year. What do you know about Davion Mitchell at, at number nine? Yeah, I'll uh, start this off by saying I'm a Kings fan, so okay. they're they're in, they're in a never ending rebuild. So. <laughs> With with Davion Mitchell, you know, I wasn't sure that they would take him. I don't hate the pick at all. I would have preferred James Booknight, but I like the pick because you can now slide Halliburton to the three, and Davion Mitchell won Defensive Player of the Year in college basketball last year for a reason. He's just tremendous on that end of the ball, just creates a lot of pressure on the ball defensively, and Baylor won the national championship. He became a much-improved three-point shooter. He can drive to the basket, and... He's really quick off the dribble also. So I think he's going to fit really nice next to De'Aaron Fox, a ball-dominant guard that is a really talented scorer and facilitator. Mitchell's not going to have to do a ton of scoring. He's going to be able to play defense, and when opportunities come to him scoring-wise, he'll be able to capitalize. But I think this is a good opportunity for him to come in with not a lot of pressure and not be seen as like the centerpiece of a team. He's going to be the third third guard option for the Sacramento Kings next season. Yeah, yeah, I like it, yeah. So... That, now you've explained it to me, that makes a bit more sense. The the Kings do need a bit more defense now. A, a guy who's a bit stronger and has a bit more size. So that's a pretty good pick. With with ten, the at number ten, and it, it seemed like the buzz was earlier on in, in the week when uh, the pick was made. Uh, Stephen Adams, jo- Jonas Valanciunas uh, swap with the Pelicans and Grizzlies. That uh, the Grizzlies potentially wanted to get to to number ten um, to try and take um, Josh Giddy. But in the end, the uh, the Pels um, gave that pick to the uh, traded that pick to the Grizzlies, who ended up taking Zaya Williams. What do you know about Williams? Yeah, Williams did not play great for Stanford last year, and it was an interesting choice to pick Stanford because that's one of the more you know prestigious academic universities. You don't see many guys that are one and done players going to a school like Stanford because they've never been a consistent NCAA tournament team because of just how hard it is to, uh, you know, get in there for a lot of guys. And they don't really prioritize sports as much as some other schools do because they're so focused on academics. They have like Ivy league standards academic wise and Zaire Williams, you know, he, uh, just didn't have a great season. He was inconsistent. He was hurt off and on, but his upside is huge. He's a great athlete, can shoot the ball and defend. I think his shooting's going to come around a lot more consistently in the NBA with the better floor spacing overall should be good for him. Stanford just couldn't really shoot the ball at all as a team. You know, Oscar De Silva was a pretty good piece for them, but they had nothing else really around that. They just had a bunch of athletes who could defend and they can't shoot. So I think being on a team with more floor spacing and shooting in the NBA will benefit Williams greatly. I think that his upside is like top five in the draft, but his floor isn't, you know, super high. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good breakdown, man. At at eleven, and it, I really like the way that the Hornets are building their team. I spoke to someone in the Hornets organization a couple of months back, and they were just talking about you know playing quick, uh, shooting, playing fast. It was really exciting to hear that the way that they were going about it. Uh, James Book Knight was the guy that they had at eleven there, and interesting that they did add more shooting. They obviously they they do have a lot, but it's just you're, you're, as you're thinking about moving forward, you know you want to have as many shooters as you can. Uh, what do you think of Book Knight there at eleven? 
Yeah, that's probably the steal of the first round for me. I would have considered taking Book Knight like fifth if Jalen Suggs wasn't there. I would have considered taking him over Scotty Barnes. I think that's just, he was fantastic for Connecticut last season at 19 points per game. He did have a elbow injury that kept him out for a little bit, but he came back, shot 45% from the field. He only shot 29% from deep. I don't think that's a real issue. I think he's a really good shooter and he's an improve in the NBA, but that's a guy who's just wired to score. And he grew up playing a a lot of baseball I read so like he wasn't fully focused on basketball until like midway through high school so this is a guy that's still young and he's got a lot of growth to do I think this is a guy that could be a potential all-star for sure wow yeah I, I love that pick there for the Hornets another guy that I don't know about I know a lot about at at 12 was was Joshua Primo I know that the Spurs are in an interesting position where they seem to have a, a lot of guys but I do like that they're just trying to get as many young guys in as they can to see which one hits. What do you know about Primo? Also, he has an amazing name. Yeah, I think Primo, I see, I tweeted this. I like Josh Primo a lot as a player. He was, he's the youngest player in the draft. He's only 18. I was kind of hoping he went back to Alabama, but obviously he made the correct decision because he went 12th in the draft. I kind of thought he'd be a late first round guy just because he didn't do a ton at Alabama, but the skill set was evident just watching him. Good size, can shoot the ball, can drive. He was He's a really gifted player, but he's not going to be able to contribute for a while. Like You're going to see him spend the entire year in the G League next year, I'd have to imagine, and maybe the next two years. But you know the Spurs, I, I kind of figured they'd go with a big man there, but they ended up going with the youngest player in the draft. And you know five years from now, he's still only going to be 23. So he's got a lot of growth to do, but he's so young that he, you know they took a chance on him, and he could end up being a top 12 player in the draft for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good breakdown there, man. And I and I think maybe that's the Spurs deciding that they want to that they want to embrace the youth movement a little bit more. Uh, at thirteen is a guy that I've heard a lot about, Chris Duarte to to Indiana. Uh, Indiana, it's another. T- I did a team pot on recently, and uh, they actually did make some some moves. I think Aaron Aaron Holiday was traded out, but they've brought in Duarte, and I've heard really great things about him. Oh, yeah, I love Chris Duarte. You know, this is a guy that's 24 years old. So, like, I think it speaks volumes that a guy who's 24 years old ends up getting picked in the lottery. That doesn't happen ever. So, like, if this guy was, like, 20, he's going to be a top-five pick. Duarte is a fantastic player, and, you know, he's not going to be playing 15 years. He'll be almost 40 by then. But will he give you 10 years of really good 3 and D, good athlete, and, you know, like I said, the defensive part can defend three positions and really shoots the ball good athlete. I think this is a really good pick for the Pacers and with what they have around him, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, DeMontis Sabonis, they have some pieces around him where they can really be solid in the future. And I think Duarte is going to be an all rookie first team guy next year. I don't know if he'll ever be an all-star, but he's going to be one of the best rookies early on. Yeah. That's a really great pick for Indiana as they try to be good right away. Uh, next was the Warriors drafting Moses Moody. I think the Warriors draft selections over the last couple of years haven't they haven't really been the best, so I'm interested to see how how Moody works out. What do you know about him? Yeah, Moody had a really impressive freshman season at Arkansas. He's six foot four, but has a seven one wingspan, so he can he's versatile on the defensive end. And the biggest thing for me is he can really shoot the ball, good size, like seven foot one wingspan, and he's a forty percent shooter from deep. He really struggled on the biggest stage at the NCAA tournament, but you know, not everybody's in. It's a short amount of game stretch, like it's a small sample. He averaged seventeen points per game last year. Was one of the best freshmen in the entire country. Was first team all. SEC. I like this pick a lot for Golden State because he adds shooting to a team that already has a ton of shooting. But you know, you have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Moses Moody now. 
at that wing spot right there. I would have personally went Corey Kispert, uh, who ended up going at the next pick, but Moses Moody long-term is definitely the better option. Yeah, agreed. And it's interesting when you talk about Kispert that um, they might have needed some shooting like like Washington did, Um, but after we saw the trade with with Russell Westbrook going out, it's clear now that, that Bradley Beal is... Is that guy again, and and they took Kispert there. Talk a little bit, a bit, of, a bit about him. Yeah, Corey Kispert is one of the best pure shooters I've ever seen. Like this guy can pull up, catch and shoot. He, I mean, he's great, especially catch and shoot. But this is a guy just his form. Every time he shoots it, it looks like it's going to go in. Just perfect rotation on the ball. Uh, you know, whatever he has, like, just it's pretty coming out of his hands. Like he's just a great shooter and he's underrated athletically can drive to the basket really improved in that aspect of his game last year, especially he was driving, uh, against contact and finishing getting and ones. He was mostly just a spot up shooter early in his career, but last year he really came into his own and became a more consistent all around player, which is the reason why his draft stock became a potential lottery pick. I think this is a really good pick for the wizards. And, you know, again, he's another older prospect. I think he's 22, close to 23, but he's a really safe pick. Yeah, that's a, that's good there, man. Uh, Thunder uh, draft Elper and Sengen. I'm probably going to mess the names up here. But then this one was traded to the Rockets, and correct me if I'm wrong, the the Rockets actually gave up another first as well um, to the Thunder to to get that pick. Is that right? I think they gave up a future first or something like that. As well, yeah. yeah. What do you know about Sengen? Yeah, I haven't seen a ton of him, but what I've seen, you know, really good offensive player, not like a great shooter, but he's more of an old-school big man who has really good footwork inside. Yeah, nice. That's the... That's a really good little pick there then. Um, Grizzlies, uh, after the pick we talked about earlier, uh, Trey Murphy, uh, and the pick was traded to the Pelicans. Yeah, I love Trey Murphy. Started his career at Rice, which is a mid-major team in Conference USA. And, you know, they love shooting the ball from outside. Transferred to Virginia last year, a contrasting style from what Rice is. Virginia is notoriously known as the slowest-paced team in college basketball. They run time off the shot clock. They run a pack line defense and play super slow. They want to win on that end of the ball. They want to keep it, you know, in the 50-point range, 60-50. They don't want to allow a lot of points. That's kind of what they do. And they really struggled two seasons ago. They had no shooters on the team at all. So they add Trey Murphy, a guy who's six foot nine, a really good athlete, defends at a high level, which fits the Virginia mold perfectly. And he was a great shooter last year. So I think just overall, this pick, he fits the NBA perfectly. He's not going to be an all-star ever, but he's going to be a guy that plays a role on a winning team and he's that kind of guy that could make it like he's an average probably 10 points a game for his career but he's going to bring great defense and shoot 43 or 44 percent from deep maybe maybe 42 41 he'll be in the 40s so that's a guy at 17 I think that's a good pick not the highest upside but he's a good player yeah yeah I like it there man and exactly what they uh exactly what they really need at the moment uh as they're looking to build their team uh the Thunder just seem to keep getting hits you know in terms of trades and draft picks and I've heard really good things about about Trey Mann what can you tell me about him yeah Trey Mann was a McDonald's All-American uh one of the most you know 
well-respected high school players two years ago and really struggled as a freshman. And, you know, a lot of people thought he was going to end up just going to the NBA draft and being a late second round pick or undrafted, decides to return to Florida. And he was a fantastic player. Not the most explosive athlete, but he can score off the dribble. He's a good facilitator and he's a really good shooter, good size. I think he's going, I think he's going to fit really nice next to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's a really good complimentary piece to the already really good guard for the Thunder. Yeah. And at the, the Thunder just can't seem to do anything wrong, man. I mean, they, they've got this really nice little core there when you look at the four or five guys that they've taken in the last couple of years to add to SGA. Um, the, Knicks, the Knicks seem to have given up a lot of their draft picks, which is interesting. Not really sure what their strategy is there. Um, and so the, the, the pick that they have with Kai Jones was selected in the end by the, the Hornets. What do you know about Kai? Yeah, Kai Jones, this is a guy that was, you know, potentially a lottery pick, had a really good season for Texas, and Texas had a ton of big men. You you know, Greg Brown, who ended up being a second-round pick to Portland, Uh, Jericho Sims, who got drafted late in the second round to uh, the Knicks, I believe. So Kai Jones was a six-man for Texas. He only started four games. He played 22 minutes a game, but his impact was huge. You know, eight points per game, can block shots. He runs really well, 6'11", but he's just long strides and can really run the floor well for a guy his size and play the perimeter a little bit and shoot the ball only 1.3 three pointers per game attempted I think he's a really good shooter though even though he didn't take a ton of them that just wasn't his game last year I think next year and years in the future he's going to be a really good NBA contributor you know there's also a lot of bust potential there though he's not the you know safest pick but he has a high upside yeah and I think that again we talk about teams uh, looking in the draft to try and uh, have as many hits as you can and hope one comes off. I think that's where the, the Hornets are at at the moment. Uh, Keon Johnson, um, drafted by the Knicks, but selected in the end by the Clippers with 21st. Oh, sorry, no, I missed one. Hawks drafted Jalen Johnson. Well, what do you know about Jalen? Yeah, uh, Johnson ended up opting out of the college basketball season only like 12 or 13 games in, dealt with an injury before that. You know, that's probably why part of why he dropped in the draft a little bit. He's got a ways to go shooting-wise, but defensively he's a good piece. He's a good athlete. I think this is could be a really big hit for the Hawks at 20. If he doesn't opt out of the college basketball season, maybe he's a lottery pick. I mean, I you know, I think a lot of teams may have shied away from Johnson because of that. Yeah, interesting. Interesting what they with what the Hawks are going to do when you look at their um, at their perimeter rotation. And their bigs, I feel like they're stacked, but um, maybe they've got a value a value pick low down there. The Knicks, 21st, um, drafted Keon Johnson, but ended up being taken by, by the Clippers. What do you know about Keon Johnson? Yeah, Keon Johnson had the highest uh, vertical of any player in NBA Combine history, so he's a freak athlete. He's really good on the defensive end. Shooting-wise is part of why he dropped. He's just not a great shooter right now. was good from the free-throw line, so that does indicate maybe he'll become a solid three-point shooter as time goes. You know, at where they where they got him at 21, 22, that's a really good pick for the 21. That's a really good pick for the value because this is a guy who has top 10 talent in the draft. He just has to hone in his skills a little bit. But I think he could be a really good player. Yeah, that's a, another nice selection there. Uh, Lakers draft Isaiah, Isaiah Jackson. Um, but as part of the um, the, the Westbrook trade, uh, it's a, the, the picks actually traded to the Pacers. Fire the Wizards. So a little bit confusing there, but what, what do you know about Jackson? 
Yeah, you know, Kentucky as a whole was disappointing last year. They had the top recruiting class in the country, and Jackson was a part of it. But he had a pretty solid freshman year, and obviously his only year in college. Uh, he kind of is hes a big-time work in progress on the offensive end. He's an elite defender, though, blocked almost three shots per game, just a big-time defender, great athlete. I think at worst you're getting a guy who can be a rim runner and block shots. So there's always value to that. And at best, I think you're getting a guy who can develop a mid-range game, maybe not a three-point game, but I think he could de- develop a solid mid-range game and maybe a respectable enough three-point jumper to where teams will you know, not leave him wide open on the perimeter. But his shot-blocking ability is the best in this draft. Yeah, I love it. That's, a, that's, a, that's definitely a, looking like a, a pretty good selection then for them. Then, there for them. Uh, next up, we've got, the Rockets, uh, I heard a little bit about, about this guy, um, and this is back-to-back picks for the Rockets. Usman Garuba, what do you, what do you know about Usman? Yeah, he's uh, playing in the Olympics for Spain right now. He's one of the best defenders in this draft class, and I think that's where his value is going to come. He can step in next year and be a high-level defender, so I think that's a pretty solid pick. Yeah, and the, with the next pick, with the, the Rockets also had, um, they had Josh Christopher at number 24. Yeah, Christopher, he ended up going to Arizona State to play with his brother, Caleb Christopher. They played together last year, but it just didn't go well. Christopher was injured. Arizona State Arizona State had some COVID issues that you know canceled some games for him. So Christopher didn't play a ton, but when he did play, he had some big games. I mean, against Villanova, who's one of the top teams in the country, he had a very big game, scored you know like 25. He's really good in the mid-range. He struggles three-point shooting a little bit. His jumper isn't great looking, but he can attack the rim. He hunts shots and he can make a lot of them he has to be a little more consistent maybe a little more selective with the shots he takes but he's also a really underrated player on the defensive side of the ball you know he's a good athlete so like he can defend multiple guys as good size and he had some plays against uh against utep texas el paso and was able to kind of get arizona state back in the game had a few steals late in there they ended up losing but that really showed his defensive ability and how hard he plays on that end could really dictate how good he's going to be on that end but if he shows full effort every time he can be an elite defender yeah and and when you talked about the offensive guys that the Rockets have now it's great that they're pairing another defensive guy alongside uh 25 a guy I heard a lot about beforehand uh the Clippers pick originally but was traded to the Knicks Quentin Grimes Yeah, Grimes, you know, he was a top player in his recruiting class, committed to Kansas, declared for the draft, and ended up uh, going back to school, but but had a transfer because both he and Devon Dotson, who I think is in the G League with the Bulls right now, uh, both ended up coming back, and they only had one scholarship spot available, so Grimes transferred to Houston, his hometown school, and he brought them to the Final Four this year. He was their best player brings him to the Final Four. He can really shoot the ball. He's not the best athlete, but he can shoot the ball and defend. He plays hard all the time, which is what Kelvin Sampson at Houston emphasizes. I think for at the Knicks with Tom Thibodeau, I think he's going to fit perfectly because he likes guys that play hard and Grimes plays hard. Yeah, I like that one too, man. 26, um, Nuggets draft, Nashon Highland, Bones Highland. What do you know about this guy? It seemed like he had an amazing story off the court as well. 
Yeah, you know, Highland is a guy that went to a mid-major school at VCU in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Last year, they had Obi Toppin, who ended up being a top-five pick. Highland can shoot the ball. He's, you know, pretty skinny. I'd like to see him gain some weight, but he has a 6'9 wingspan, and, you know, his shooting is really his calling card. He can shoot the ball from, you know, 30 feet plus. I mean, he's just he's going to be one of the better long-range shooters in the NBA. So to see him be picked by the Nuggets here, I think, is a great pick. Yeah, that's an, that's an awesome breakdown there. Nets draft Cameron Thomas. Um, shout out to to New Zealander Sean Marks, GM of the of the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, the Nets are in a position now where um, they're trying to get save as much money as possible as they go far into the tax. So, getting guys at the end of the first round means you're looking for someone who can come in and contribute on a cheap salary. What do you think of Cameron Thomas? Yeah, Thomas loves shooting the basketball. He led all freshmen in scoring with 23 points per game, was one of the top scorers in the entire country, uh, but his efficiency wasn't great. 42% from the field, 33% from deep, but almost 90% from the foul line. Very James Harden-esque, even though he's a right-handed player. Very James Harden-esque in the ability to draw fouls. That was really impressive what I saw from him last year. And this is a guy that can make some incredibly tough shots, but some of the shots he takes are tough and he misses a good amount of them, but the ones he makes are impressive. So I think just being more selective in the shots he takes, maybe being a little, like, not less confident, just less confident that you're going to make every shot you take could benefit him. And, you know, being on a team with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant could benefit him, and I doubt he's going to shot hunt the way he did in college. Yeah, I got you. Next one up, uh, we're looking at the 76ers. Um, In the end, they drafted... Jaden Springer uh, with 28. What do you know about Jaden? Yeah, Springer's a big body guard. Uh, shot 40% from deep in less than 50 uh, shot, fifty shots from outside, but he's a good defender, good size. Really love his strength. I think he's going to be a solid player for the 76ers. Obviously, they're going through their issues with Ben Simmons, so we'll see what ends up happening there. But I think Springer is a guy who could be a solid contributor off the bench for uh, Philadelphia in the coming years. Next one up for the Nets, uh, pick 29. Uh, Dayron Sharp uh, was the the Suns pick originally, but then the, the Nets ended up taking him. What do you know about Sharp? Yeah, you know, he was another top player in his recruiting class last year. He's a really big body guy, 265 pounds, strong inside, solid footwork. Uh, not Not a shooter, but, you know, he shot... 51% from the field, average almost a double-double in only 19 minutes a game. North Carolina had a ton of big men that they played. They had Armando Baycott, Garrison Brooks, and Walker Kessler, who all split minutes with De'Aaron Sharp. So he didn't get a huge workload, but was a big-time contributor in the minutes he did have. And I think he can be a very solid piece. He's never going to be an all-star, but like you said, end of the first round, you're looking for guys that can contribute right away on cheap salaries. That's De'Aaron Sharp right there. Last pick on the in the first round, um, but just before we close it out, uh, Jazz drafts Santi Aldama, Aldama um, and then traded to the Grizzlies. Do you know anything about this guy? Yeah, Aldama, you know, he's really good. Went to the to uh, Loyola, Maryland in the Patriot League. The team overall wasn't very good, and the Patriot League was a little interesting because they didn't start their season until January, as opposed to most teams starting their season in late November. They opted to start later because of COVID concerns, and Aldama was the best player in the conference. 21 points per game, 10 rebounds. Uh, you know, he's a little skinny. I'd like to see him gain more weight and be a little more strong inside. And he wasn't playing against very good competition in the Patriot League, but he's 6'11", can really shoot the ball from deep, good ball handler for his size. This isn't a pick I expected to happen, but I think it's a really solid roll of the dice pick late in the first round, with the last pick in the first round. 
awesome, man. That was that was a bloody good, um, you know, first round breakdown. I really appreciate you you jumping on. Is there are there any just before we finish up? Um, are there any um, guys that you think actually there is one guy I think Sharif the point guard? Or were there any mm-hmm. guys that, that didn't that didn't get drafted or that fell to the second round or undrafted guys that you think NBA teams will be looking to pick? Yeah, you know, Sharif Cooper, like you mentioned, going to the Hawks at, at 48. He's a small guard, but he has great passing vision. He has a ways to go shooting-wise, but that's a good pick that late in the draft. And you look at a guy like Jared Butler, who went 40th to Utah, national champion at, at Baylor. He was their best player last year. He's better than Davion Mitchell most of the time. And, you know, the reason he dropped was because of a heart condition that was flagged by the NBA, ended up getting cleared. But that definitely probably had a lot of teams wary to pick him. And then Iodisumu, who went to the Bulls, I think at 38, uh, he was one of the best players in college basketball last year. He's not, you know, the best. He's not a freak athlete, and he's not going to shoot 43% from deep. But he's got that killer instinct, can shoot the ball from the mid-range. And when it's winning time late in the game, Io's going to be that guy that goes and gets a bucket. I love it, man. Thank you for that those breakdowns there. I really appreciate you jumping on at, at late notice. It's really great to give uh, all the NBA fans in New Zealand a little bit of breakdown on the guys that they have. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can we can get you on in the future to, to talk some more college hoops and NBA draft. Hope you have a really good day. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man.